Well, hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Justin. My name is Michael. And this is the Real Enneatalk Podcast, where we talk about real life through the lens of the Enneagram. Let's get it popping. Hey, guys, we're here with an incredible couple, Missy and Kevin Cooper. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, very good. That's awesome, that's awesome. Hey, uh, they are both big fans of the Enneagram, and they have seen it do some great things in their marriage. But before we get into that, uh, we want to hear a little bit about y'all's story. Uh, How did y'all meet? Tell us about the first date, and how did Mm. you get to where you are today? Ooh, Kevin, Kevin's giving that look. (laughs) Your wife was telling the story the other day of how we met. I, I don't know why it came up at my work now with some staff I have, but Missy and I met at work. I forget what it was. I was telling a story about the the contest class. So we worked at a company where there was multiple divisions and what they used to do to try to spark creativity is they they would take a client from one division and they would give it to a team of people from the other divisions and go, hey, try to like test something in here, try to give a fresh eye to this client. And Missy got my client as a part of her team and and I sent her this spreadsheet that showed how my client was evaluated and she called me on the phone and she was like, I don't understand any of this. (laughs) Could you help me understand what this says? (laughs) Which is still kind of the conversation we have today of when I send her spreadsheets about things. And I said, yeah, sure. And so I remember the first moment I saw her, I, I walked over to her cube to show her how my spreadsheets worked. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, but to charm her. Oh, you, know, you didn't know spreadsheets could get you in there. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a more perfect way for a five to meet someone than over a spreadsheet <laughs> of information? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a spreadsheet. Yo, let me, let me share all this info with you. Oh my goodness. That's so these good. formulas I got in here. Yeah. So how did y'all get from formulas and spreadsheets to today? Well, not long after that happened, Kevin was actually transferred to our division, and the way the offices were set up, he and I sat um, sort of diagonal from each other, back to back, with two other people in like this quadrant, and um, we we just became friends. We went out to lunch together as first the first time we ever went out to lunch together. It was just the two of us. We were just friends at the time, and then we would all go out, you know, to lunch as groups or whatever. Yeah. And one night, my parents, this is so, so strange, but... She's going, she's fast-forwarding. Well... Oh, hello. <laughs> it's your both sides <laughs> No, you're right. I'm, I'm missing a key point. So, one of the first things I noticed about Kevin, let me back up there, is he would be at work early every day, which still today, still true of him. He's there before everybody else. And he would do the word jumble in the morning in the newspaper. Like a physical copy of the newspaper right. he had every day. word jumble? We met in our 20s. Let me tell you this. Okay, so we're in our 20s. He's reading the like actual hard copy newspaper every day. And there is a word jumble in it where it's all these mixed up letters and you have to figure out what the words are. So one morning I was sitting with him. He was working on it. And he saw an ad for a wine tasting somewhere near where we lived. And I said, I've never been to a wine tasting before. And he looked at me like I had three heads and said, you're kidding, right? And I was like, no, actually, I've really never been to one. He's like, well, then you should just go. Yeah. Smooth? Yes. Dude, that's, yeah. Smooth. It's a newspaper. Wow, sit back and join an invite. Yeah, and that's good. so we went, and I didn't know if it was a date. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. And my a friend of mine, Stephanie, who I'm still very close to to this day, when I asked her, I was like, do you think we should go to this thing? Like, it's just going to be he and I. I don't really know what it is. She's like, whatever. It's not like you're going to marry the guy. Just go. <laughs> That's and we amazing. Joke. She was in our wedding, and we joke about that. That's, That's awesome. The first hey, she gave Stephanie, me. if you're listening to this, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She's okay with it. I rub it in every now and again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we joke about that. She was in our wedding, and um, so we, we joke about that regularly here 10 years later. So, um, yeah, so we went out that night, and I still wasn't really super sure until the end of the night. And then um, a couple nights later, we were all out to dinner. My parents were doing this thing at a restaurant, and um, Kevin ended up, I didn't have my car. He ended up driving me home, and 
it was made clear to me that night that he was interested. I was like, oh, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So it's so. it's interesting because I'm married to a five on the Enneagram. And what I've learned about fives is they don't just hang out with people. If they're going to invite you or be a part of your life, it's because they have made a calculated decision. <laughs> right? Like they have Very thought true. this out. And they have decided, is this person going to suck the life out of me? Or are they going to add some life to me? Right? Like, that's the thing about a five that's so intriguing. Oh, is I like, love that insight. I think for, for fours like me and twos like you, we're just like, let's just get with people. And fives are like, no, I'm going to think this out first. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And it's, and it's one of the harder, I think one of the things that, not that it's challenged our relationship, but 95% of people suck. That it's it's a you have to maneuver that very closely because right. it is such a hard thing to work through, and mm-hmm. we deal with it socially and different things that we do and how often she has to convince me to go do things and and how hard it is for us to create relationships with other yeah. couples and and what that looks like because mm-hmm. for me it's not you know for her it's like it's it, you know she'll. <laughs> Sometimes she'll be like, hey, so-and-so is coming to town. Like, I don't know who that is. And she's like, I had this chemistry class with them when I was a sophomore in high school. And I haven't talked to them in 20 years. And they're coming out, and I want to spend a week with them. And I'm like, how is that a thing? I don't want to talk to someone I met yesterday. And you have this relationship with someone you haven't seen in 15 years. And it's and I love that about her, how much she loves that it's a hard thing for us. And I think you get that in dealing with a five. Is yeah. I don't want to deal with anybody. <laughs> hundred percent. So it's interesting. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like I got put on and Amanda and I got put on to personality systems and there's, there's tons of other ones, right? right? Like, yes. like the, there's the Myers-Briggs and there's the disc and then there's some other ones that are all out there. Right. And, uh, but we got put onto these things cause we were in the church world and they made us take tests. We we're like 17, 18 years old and we're taking personality tests. And so from the very beginning, when we started dating, like we knew, like we wanted this thing. It wasn't no like question. We knew like our our letters were, were the complete opposite on the Myers Briggs. And then, you know, a few years ago when we found out the Enne- what the Enneagram was, we're like, yeah, those two don't mesh either. Right. And so like I'm curious, um, let's uh let's I guess let's ask this is how did you guys first let's ask how you guys heard about the Enneagram? And then I'm curious, like I kinda want you guys to kinda like look back. And go like, how have you seen what you know about like yourself now through the lens of the Enneagram? Like, how did you see that play out in your relationship? Like, as as you were dating, as you came into marriage, like, were there tensions because of the things that you maybe didn't know about each other, or, or maybe you did know it, right? Like, so so we'll start with. <laughs> this is about to get really good. Oh, oh, just, come on, <laughs> no, get get ready for the tea. Yes. Get ready. So, how did you guys hear about the Enneagram? I heard about it first. I believe it was through a couple of different podcasts I was listening to. Yeah. And I would hear people at times mention their number or how um, they had just been learning about the Enneagram. And I was super late to the party. I would say I've only really been digging into it for the last year or so. So we've spent nine years of marriage and a couple of years of dating, not, not knowing things about each other, but knowing certain things that I would say were helpful tools, Myers-Briggs, things like yeah, that. Right. Helpful, but not really insightful in the ways that it matters to a marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I heard about it, I was a little resistant at first to dive into it because it seemed super overwhelming to me. Mm. And then I took a test on an app on my phone just to see and immediately I was like, nope, don't want to do this because I tested as a two. And when I read the, the weaknesses and the, the things about a two, you know, the difficult sides of a two, it so deeply touched the core of who I am that I was mm. like, yeah, nope, not doing this. Yeah. Like, this is going right. to be a lot of work. I don't want to be a two. I want to be like a seven. I want right. to be a fun one. Or the nine, who's like just the peacemaker for everybody. I can do that. I get it. I didn't want to be a two. But then I started reading about the other numbers just to read them to see if I could identify. And I got to five and I read it. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, this is my husband. <laughs> and so poor Kevin was probably like falling asleep one night as I'm reading this. And I'm like, hey, you have to listen to this. I bet he loved that. At this time, did you know anything <laughs> about totally the Enneagram? No, but I, I was used to her bringing different things to me of, you know, we should talk about this grouping of, the, you know, we, we, the first thing we ever did together, well, and I'll back up too, and I don't mean this in a bad, Mason and I have nothing in common. Nothing. In a general sense. <laughs> and we've known that, I mean, since the moment we met each other. Okay. Yes. We, we, there's, there's no commonality, there's no, like, in a, in a, surface way yeah yes. you know right. the, there's when we first met there was we started to have to bend a lot towards each other mm. in a lot of different ways and uh, you know she's it's it's oils and personality tests and things she you know, like, oils. Little, you know. <laughs> it's the most two thing ever <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also like a christian mom thing right. you know, oh, so it's yeah. all the things that i am everybody yeah. yes <laughs> And the first, but we, the the reason this I think worked was the first thing we ever did together that really made a lot of sense. We did the five love languages, mm. and it started to unlock those things where mm. I was, it started to put words to and ideas to why we are different, how we interact with each other. But all those things, to your point, the Myers Briggs and the this, there was nothing we ever talked about how to interact with each other. Right. Right. Just said, oh, right. here's what yeah. you are, and here's why it is. Yeah. And she brought up the Enneagram, and that was just another thing. And I said, okay, cool. Great. You know. But we listened to this thing of how twos and fives interact, and that really unlocked the thing where I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it really, it was, it's amazing when you put something and put words to something that's gone unsaid. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And yes. that brings that up, and you go, oh, I totally get how that works. So it did the same thing the five love languages did for us of oh now we can put something to this unsaid right. thing that's gone on for years mm -hmm. she's quality time i'm words of affirmation she's a two i'm a five how do we navigate this yeah. together and unlock things that we've kind of been working through unsaid for so long yeah it was almost sense. like we were we were in it to climb the mountain together but we did not have the tools to make the climb all the way up possible for us yeah. it just you know the Enneagram for us really has been just this really fantastic tool of if I hear a five being interviewed or talking about something and they'll say something that triggers something in my mind about oh that must be how Kevin feels in this situation and then I can stop and mm. take a minute when we're in a situation and understand it right I'm curious what is something that maybe was, this is a very personal question, but was it maybe a sore spot that was like tied to his type or for you to her type that you just couldn't understand, but maybe the light bulb kind of went off and you went, aha, there right. it is. So I love having people in our house. Yeah. I love it. I love when we built this house specifically, the whole point of it for me was a space where we could welcome people in where they could come and feel comfortable and feel at home you know that feeling when you get on your first day of vacation and you just go oh, yeah right that's yeah. what I want our house to feel like yeah. so I want other people to experience that people that I love to have that feeling and we would have people over and Kevin would disappear I would look around <laughs> and he would just be gone that's awesome and I'm like what the it would be like our kid's birthday party or something, and my husband would go missing. He got right. And I would go upstairs, and there he would be in our room, laying on our bed, playing a game on his phone with people in our house. <laughs> and I could not, in my mind, rectify how this was okay. Oh, man. I just couldn't. It, right. it totally... One of best marriage practice. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, you know, whatever. And I only call that out now yeah, because... Deal, yeah. Now hmm. I get it and I can do things preemptive to a gathering to make sure that he is filled up, yeah. that his tank is mm. full enough to be in a right. social environment where he doesn't feel like hmm. he's being depleted at a super rapid rate. Mm. Right. And so now that I know that he needs that, 
but that time for him, that time by himself to just be in his head is so important. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier for me to find ways to give that to him on the front end. And then if he does disappear, it's for two minutes, you know, for Mm -hmm. him to just take a minute or or whatever. And it's not the same as it used to be, which is so funny now because now I can laugh about it because I was just totally missing it. I was missing a need, which for a two, that's like, you know, me being terrible at who I am well, when you miss someone's need, yeah. right? Yes. So, but now that mm. I can understand it, yeah, it's it doesn't bother me any longer. And then I mm. try my best to help meet that need ahead of time. I don't always do a great job, but yeah. we try. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I love so much about the Enneagram versus other personality tests is, you know, the Myers Briggs. When I took it, it, it didn't really do much for me because I I kind of already knew like okay. I'm an extrovert, great. And I don't like the plan, great. Like, yeah. what do I do with this? But the Enneagram, <laughs> like both of y'all said, it kind of gives you more of a deeper understanding of why someone yeah. is wired the way they are. So in that of like, hey, you know, it may not be that like, the sole reason that, you know, Kevin goes and hides upstairs during a party may not just be because you're an introvert. It may be, you know, because all of a sudden you may be filled up with a party, but mm-hmm. you, like it's, it's more of like a man, I need to get like prepared. Yeah. For this kind of thing. And, and I, I took it personally. When he would disappear, I would yeah. be like, you're just bailing on me. Like, what are you doing? Mm. And I couldn't see it through the lens of him saying, I am on empty. Like, I'm yeah. so right. far past empty, and I don't know what to do, and this is the only way I know mm. practically how to refuel. Well, and two in that, it's like I didn't hate that people are here, and I don't right. mind. Like it's, it's, and it's hard, I think, for everyone. It's like, oh, you don't like that we're doing this. It's like, no, it's not that. I just can't be in it for that long right. and have that thing. But I want to keep doing it. Yeah. It's okay that we're doing it. But, I'm, yeah, I love having people here. love having family here. love having, you know, birthday parties mm-hmm. here. But yeah. I just need to duck out for a few minutes here and there just to kind of, like, get back in that. And right. And I think, too, it was interesting for me knowing that and knowing that he does enjoy those times. I also have to be cognizant now of I'm home with kids during the day. I'm Mm. not in a work environment. And so all day long, he's pouring out from his social cup because he's at work. And when he gets here, this is the place where he can just unplug for a minute. And so I've learned if we're doing something, it's probably not going to be right after work on a work night, mm-hmm. especially if it's at our house. Yeah. And if we are doing something at our house on a Saturday evening, the whole day leading up, there's nothing on the calendar. Right. There's mm-hmm. no social, there's nothing. Because I want him to actually be able to enjoy mm-hmm. those things and not feel like they're yeah. depleting yeah. him. Yeah. So what's that thing for you? Like that I learned, thing? yeah. It was the... Thing that was really most telling for me was in learning how her approach to me was and it, it it you know i have a tendency to isolate and in particular i don't want to need anybody i want to be standing on my own i want to be doing those things and her enneagram type illuminated to me the desire that she had to be able to pour into me yeah and unlocking that and allowing that whereas to me it fills me up to hey look i i'm good i don't need you to take care of me when i have a bum leg i don't need yeah. any of that I, right. i'm good yeah. but to her that fills her up and when i was mm. blocking that off for so long mm. because to me and so just like I would be a words of affirmation, like it's okay to let her in to those things because it's not a big deal yeah. to you know <laughs> I, I'll take my medicine I'll drink the juice I'll do the things it's not a big deal to me but before that it was like hey I'm good yeah. and I think it really changed to you know I think I, I think I was I was stealing from her joy and not mm. allowing that in and that's not a big deal for me but I was trying to stand my thing and be self-sufficient and you know that's just what I'm a part of but as her Enneagram type was hey like if I don't if I'm not providing that value, what value do I have? Yeah. Right. And it, it, it was of no specific reason that I wasn't allowing her to create that value other yeah. than some very weird, you know. Right. Fives are yeah. very independent, too. Yeah. yeah. It's just I don't, I'm good. Right. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's not just her, it's anybody. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that quote you said, you said it 
sometimes you would feel yourself stealing her joy mm. because you're not letting her love you in the way that she wants to love. Like, I think that's so interesting. So I'm curious. I want to hear this from both of y'all. Missy is a two. What do you think are some of your favorite traits that Kevin brings as a five? Mm. And then Kevin is a five. What are some of your favorite traits that Missy brings as a two? Mm. I, I like this question. I, um, I was very surprised when we first started learning about the Enneagram. Not that there's a lot out there that says, hey, this is not a good match. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot out there that says, hey, this is a good match, and we are not on that list. Five and two, there's not a lot of people out there saying, hey, if you're a two, go look for a five, because right. you guys are just going to totally get each other. Five you know? Yes. Um, but this is what I think is so beautiful about knowing the Enneagram and understanding God's design for marriage Yeah, is that in every way possible... Kevin balances me out mm. and I can mm. tend to tip the scales hard in the ways that I am me of being a helper and wanting affirmation through bringing value mm. to a room by being the one who can anticipate a need before anyone mm. else or right. whatever. I, I can lean really hard in that way. And just recently I had to sit down with him and thank him. I had this, moment where I realized because of understanding this about myself now and feeling for a long time like I was loved because I brought value through helping and befriending and meeting needs yeah I'm actually getting ready to leave town and so backstory for everyone listening Kevin's getting ready to have a surgery and really is having a hard time right now with like picking the kids up and things like that he's just dealing with a lot of pain and when we got the dates, possible dates for his surgery, the surgery that he's having, he could have had it on the day that I'm supposed to leave town for this mm-hmm. trip that I'm going on to a conference. And so my immediate reaction was, I'm canceling my trip, mm-hmm. and I'm right. gonna just stay home because he needs to have the surgery and be out of pain immediately. And I paced the house for a while just wrestling with the thought because I really I don't do things like this very often I don't get away often on my own or with friends it's just not something that I make time for and he had to talk me into even doing it in the first place and so I reached back out to him and I just said hey listen Mm. I need you to tell me that if you're needing to have this surgery that you'll tell me that like you would only ask me to do this because it really matters to you and and I'll do it. I will cancel this trip happily because you and our kid, like you're my priority here. And he said, no, 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 I want to do it the day after you get back. Like, let's just pick that day. So it's, you know, a few days later that he's doing the surgery. And I sat down with him and I said, I just want you to know that I learned something deeply today through you about the way God loves me. Mm. And that is that it is okay for me as a person to allow someone who loves me to love me sacrificially. Mm, wow. That was so big to me. Right. I, I think I wonder, <clears throat> is it because it touches on that part of the two that says, I'm only loved if I do for someone? If I can serve. Yes. Right. And then all of a sudden it's 100%. like, wait, that's not it. If I don't do this thing, if I don't make this sacrifice, if you're the one sacrificing for me, are you still going to love me? Am I still worthy mm. of your love? Yeah. And I feel so safe Yeah. in the love that Kevin gives me that I was actually able to say, okay, yeah. I'm going to allow myself to be loved sacrificially in this way. And that's probably, I mean, that was monumental for me. Right. And one other really big thing for him, and I think I... Kind of not sidestep the question, but I think that's okay. This go for it. probably answers the question a little bit better. When our daughter Violet was born, she's five years old now. She was born with some severe health complications. She had cancer at birth. She's fine mm. now, but we were new parents. We found out about twenty four hours, less than twenty four hours after she was born, mm. that we were going to be transferred to another hospital. We didn't know why, and then wow. within the first two days, we knew she had cancer. Jeez. Wow. And looking back on that time now, Kevin loved me so well, and I didn't know the Enneagram at this time, but Mm. as a five, his immediate course of action after taking care of 
my needs physically, pushing me in a wheelchair because I got um, sent out of the hospital way earlier than I should have to go be with them. And he started pouring through every medical journal he could on this diagnosis because it was a one in a million mm. diagnosis. Mm. And when the doctors would come in to do their rounds in the morning, he would have these lists of questions and things that he was understanding. Right. And in my lowest of low moments of worrying about whether or not we were going to get to keep our baby, mm. he would come to me with the information that he had read about why her odds were good. Jeez. And it was probably the most tangible act of love he could have given me in that time because I was so washed up in my emotions and yeah. my feelings. I had, first of all, just had a baby, which, right. let's be honest, right. that's just a lot in general. Yeah. And then I'm processing that this baby has cancer. I say to the to the man who has a newborn at home, you yeah. know, those yeah. hormones, it's a real thing. No, no, Amanda, Amanda doesn't have any hormones. <laughs> <laughs> It's she's a per- real she's thing. perfect. <laughs> well, of course she For is. The but it's real. And he found a way in his strength. And this is what I love about our relationship is that's where he balances me out. I never would have done that. Yeah. But mm. I so needed it in those moments because it carried me through. Yeah. And I, to this day, I have a picture of him in the hospital with his hat on. I can see it so clearly in my mind of him reading and I know it was a medical journal and I know that 20 minutes after that picture was taken one of the doctors came in for rounds and he started just firing questions and Mm. she looked right at him and she said you're reading all the right things you're asking all the right questions and I'm just gonna say to you guys if I was gonna have a baby born with cancer this is the type I would want because her odds are so good and Mm. I don't think she would have said that to us had he not come to her with right. what he so got. Right. And so it just, I, I think there is just this really beautiful aspect of marriage where when you start to recognize those things that are so deeply built into the person you're married to and the ways that they can use those things to love you well, yeah. it's just awesome. You know, that's so cool. You guys are really an unbelievable couple. And it's really part of the reason why when Michael and I were talking about who we wanted to use for this episode, I immediately thought of you guys. And it's just so interesting hearing you guys talk about this because the things that we know about the Enneagram, we know that the stereotypes about fives are that like they're heartless, right? Like they don't like they don't have emotions, they think emotions, right? Like you don't have to go very far. It's just hashtag Enneagram five memes right. and you'll begin to see them. Right. And and when you look at a five and a two, like you said, and you go, we don't have anything in common. Right, mm-hmm. Kevin. And, and and they're, you know, they're maybe not connected. There's there's so much space and it would make so much sense if there was this this tension between I've got all of this love and all of this emotion. Why don't you reciprocate it the way that I want it to be reciprocated? Mm-hmm. Right. But when you take a step back and you look at that story in that situation, you can see that number one, fives you're not a robot right like mm-hmm. you can see that affection and that love mm-hmm. you know just shine through because as a four and i don't know about you michael but as a four, i don't know that i would have been so i would have meant if, if you married a four i would have been in the trenches like crying with you mm-hmm. right like oh no what are we gonna do right, you know? right. Like, I, think it's a, a, I would have been like somehow trying to control everything yeah at the same time, losing all the control because mm-hmm. I'm trying to control all these uncontrolled. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and I don't think there's a right yeah. way to walk through any of that because we, it was very messy for us. You know, yeah. we didn't know what we were doing, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But it was re- it, and I don't even know that I realized in the moment how well I was being loved. Mm. It was when I went and looked back, right, and I saw that picture, and it just really sparked for me how deeply he was loving me in that moment by doing the thing he knew to do, the thing that God made him to do. It's exactly how God created him. And that's what I love about the Enneagram too, is it just shines a light on the things that God made us to be. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of gives us that, it steers us back to course when we start to do the things that say, hey, you're getting to the unhealthy side of your number. Mm, probably need right. to come back to center, come back to who God has called you to be. And he was doing yeah. that in that moment. And it really, yeah, it was just such a mm. huge blessing. Yeah, I think it's sweet too. Like hearing that little story, 
shows me so much as, as somebody who's not married that like the Lord designed each of y'all. You know, he deserved mm-hmm. he designed you, Missy, to be loved by Kevin, who's a five. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa. And how those traits go so well together. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. And how the Enneagram kind of gives a language and yeah. some sort of, you know, yeah. visible kind of thing to that. Yeah. Kevin, I don't want you to miss your chance. Uh, to talk about all the great things about Missy. Great things about Missy as a two. Well, and as a, as a two, when we started to really dig into this and understand it, it, it again, it, you look back in retrospect and you almost feel like an idiot, like you missed it. You're like, oh, that was what it is. But, mm. you know, and it goes back to in her story and Lingling to loving you in the way you need to be loved, but also in the way you don't know you needed to be loved. Right. Missy will laugh, maybe she won't laugh, but she won't laugh. how many times she's had to convince me to go do things by telling me that every time I go do something, I enjoy it. Because I don't yeah. want to go do things. I don't yeah. want to be out there. And she's like, but every time we go, and she's always pushing me to do things that she knows actually mm. are against my nature, but that actually do, I do want to do those things. And so we'll have this conversation of, hey, we're going to go do this thing with a group from church. Yeah. And I'm like, right. ah. And she's like, <laughs> every time we go do this, you enjoy it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's true. And then we go do it. And I come home, like, I really enjoyed that. And she's like, I know. And then a week later, we'll go have another conversation. I go, ah, I don't know. say, every time you go do this, you enjoy it. And she goes, <laughs> these things. And, and I joked about that story earlier about, like, her, you know, befriending somebody that she met in chemistry class in that grade that, She's also really good at forcing me to be a better friend mm. to people that I want to be a good friend to, but yeah. that I don't know how to be a good friend to because I just don't have that thing of being a good friend in a general sense yeah. with a lot of people. I have mm. very I have one or two or three people that I'm good with, really close, and I have friends with, and everyone else, it's hard for me to sometimes make that connection, and she always pushes that yeah. because that's really her thing is how well she loves other people is part of her too. And part of my five is, well, I don't know, you know, it's just, I overthink those things all the time, but she really pushes me into that. And it's made my life a lot better. Um, And it desensitizes it over time in a way that used to be so hard for me to get through. Yeah. But I still complain about it. Yeah. Um, But it's okay. (laughs) You know, we end up doing it anyway. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, if you were to count the dating years, how long have you guys been together? Well, we're coming up on our 10th anniversary of being married, but we started dating two years before that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, in February, February, yeah, yeah, it'll be 12 years from our first date, and then April, 10 years being married. All right. If uh, Missy and Kevin today could go back, sit down in the living room with Missy and Kevin then. 12 years ago. What advice would you give them? The number one point of advice I would give Kevin is something that it took us, I don't know when we finally got there, but it was during a, you know, an argument one night, and this this goes again to the, the five and the two, is Missy was having an emotional conversation with me and I went into my normal okay let me analyze this and understand all the players and understand how we get through this and she just lashed out not in an angry way but it was just and she looked at me and she's like I don't need you to solve my problem I just want you to listen to it mm-hmm. and for me it was who would ever that's, want to do that? <laughs> oh my! Why would I want to listen, just listen to your problem and not? But it's such a two or a five. It's, just, it's exhausting. Like, why would we talk about this if you don't want me to formulate oh some sort goodness. of solution to this thing? <laughs> but I think there's a lot that you know. And she's not a. It's not her venting. That's just she is. She likes to verbalize her emotions, and she likes to walk through a lot of it the things that go on inside of herself and I'm the total opposite way is I'll think about something for four months and finally I'll say one sentence to her and go, this is where I'm at. 
Right. And she'll know, like, <laughs> you've been thinking about this for months and you haven't brought me in. And so I think my advice to myself back then, knowing now, kind of exploring the five and the two is <clears throat> just listen more and ask more questions and don't be so fast to jump into this. Okay, here's how I'm going to solve your problem. Mm. And let me ask, you know, the probing questions I would ask are more questions posed at solving that and not posed at why she's feeling how she's feeling. And that just doesn't help her. Mm. And so it's not, it's it's selfish to ask questions that just help me. Mm. Right. And, you, and wow. it's, but any young, it's just, it, and it's not young in age, it's young in a relationship. You don't know. You just gotta sometimes ask questions that help them, even if it doesn't help you. Wow. So, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet that last time. That's so fire. It's gonna be my next Instagram bio. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta ask questions that help them, even if it doesn't help you. That's gonna come up in the feed. Well, and and it's so interesting because I don't think I even realized for a long time how frustrating it was for me that he would cut straight to trying to solve the problem and I think it just made me feel unseen Mm. or that it wasn't worth sitting with me in my pain or my questioning or whatever it was that was going on but the real problem was that I didn't know how to verbalize that that's what I needed Mm. and that's not something that you just figure out you know, you, it's messy getting there. It's yeah. messy work. Um, and I think going back to your original question, if we were sitting down in a living room 12 years ago, first of all, Kevin and I joke about how had we met any earlier in life, we never would have wound up together. Mm. I mean, we're just, we really are there. very different on the <laughs> surface. We really are. All the things that he loves are opposite of the things that I love. And, but he has taught me to love certain things because I can mm. see it through his lens mm. of life, which is has been so good and enriching for me. And I feel like it has helped me to understand aspects of God that I didn't understand before wow. yeah. that I couldn't relate to. But honestly, going back to the beginning of our relationship, I think I would just say at the end of the day... And I, I never love when this statement comes out because it sounds terrible. But the purpose of marriage, if that's what we were working toward, and I knew that in that moment, is not to make you happy. Mm. Happiness is a, I think, a byproduct, is a blessing and a favor from God when we are walking in obedience mm. to what he has called us to be. And... If the purpose of marriage is not to make you happy, it would have saved me a lot of striving to figure out, to try to anticipate the things that would make Kevin happy at Mm. the beginning. Mm. I think I would have actually sat back and just recognized earlier on that he loved me for the weird nuances of who I am and not because I was constantly trying mm. to meet his needs before he even knew he had them. Mm, right. Um, but I felt like, I think early on, I think my belief system was that's just the way that I would be able to make him stay. Mm. I Early in our relationship, I dealt with a lot of fear of him leaving. I don't know why. I don't know where mm. that came from. I wish I could you know, I'm still trying to process through that, but I had a big fear of that for a long time. And so it was just a lot of effort on my part to Mm. do the things that I could do where almost he would look at me and say, Oh, I didn't even really know I needed that. Thanks for taking care of that. Mm. You know, that would, that would fill me right up. Right. It was, and it's so funny you say, I don't know why, I feel like I was thinking about this the other day, but there was, there was this long time where, you because know, relationships do get messy, and every relationship has big arguments and has yeah. big standoffs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And as a, you know, when you think about the nature of the five of the problem solver and looking at the complexity of things, and we would have a big argument about something, and to her there was this big fear that I was going to leave. And in my mind, I was like, no, this is worth, this is perfect. I'm starting to understand the complexity of our interactions mm. through this argument of like where you're at and where I'm at. And so 
we would have these interactions that to her would be these big problems, but to me were these big breakthroughs. Mm. And so there were these all, and she was afraid I was going to walk away, but it was to me, I was walking closer because yeah. I liked it. I liked yeah. that divulged, you know, diving into those complexities yeah, right. of the relationship that I thought was like, okay, cool. Now I'm unlocking this next box, hmm. this next layer of things that I can now understand about our interactions. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And she just thought, well, because we're, our voices are raised, there's a problem here. And I said, no, this is great. Right. Wow. Right. I, I definitely vibe with that as an eight who loves conflict and who almost trusts people if I can have conflict with them, yes. like if we can't argue about something, and if we can't like get through something tough, then it's like I don't mm. I don't trust you. Yeah, exactly. There's exactly. not, yeah. and it's almost like why would I start a relationship with you if we can't yeah. get through those deep? I wish times. I could relate to that. Yeah, so, <laughs> and it's so funny because so one of my best friends is a two, and it, and we have these kind of times where it's like I want to push harder. And she kind of is a little iffy on pushing mm-hmm. harder. And then, you know, once she does, then it's like, boom, we're in. Yeah. Yes, because once you're safe, right. then it's okay. Mm-hmm. I will only conflict with someone who is safe right. to me. Otherwise, I will I will let somebody win 10 times out of 10 if it's right. not a safe relationship. Where I don't fear that the relationship. That's not ends. what it's like now for us. <laughs> Kevin is very safe, so permanently safe. So yeah. What you said something, or I guess I just had this revelation about about a type five that maybe I haven't even thought about. Like as you were you were speaking, and it's that fives want to truly understand things, right? And and in my All head, it's and it, so in my head, I just thought. Okay, they just want to know a lot of facts. They want to know a lot of information. But I don't know that I've ever taken a step back and gone, but maybe they actually want to know the person they love deeply too. They want to know their people and they want to... And to me, I'm like, well, how can you ever say, hearing you say that, like how could I ever say that fives don't understand intimacy? You know, because it's it's the type, you just want to dig deeper and you want to unpack and unravel and I can't tell you how many times she said to me we'll get in an argument we'll get to a point she goes you don't even believe that and I go I know I don't but I want to understand why you believe what you believe mm. and I'll argue points that I don't agree with just yeah. to start to get into to poke at the argument she's going to make counter to it and she'll get to this point she's like you don't even believe that's true I'm like no I don't but I'll say it just to see where what to elicit mm. that understanding from her so and if she gets exhausted of the two she's like and it's like, why would we have this conversation? Like, because I'm just trying to really get in there. <laughs> and it to me, that's too. It's too much work for something that isn't going to produce an outcome that I'm looking for. Mm, it's like this right. full sidebar. Where for him, that's where like, that's where it gets good. Is mm. those conversations? And for me, I want to stay on that. Like, but we're talking about this thing, this relational thing, mm. and it totally drags out my energy to be off on this tangent that might be intellectually stimulating for you but really isn't going to have any bearing on the outcome no but like as we're sitting here talking what i'm realizing is like that is him being relational it's 100 right but that's part of it but from our perspective i'm a four-year too it's like Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Won't you just let me feel what I feel? Why don't you just sit here with me in my emotions? Yes. Right? And he's like, well, I just want want to understand that. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where we have to be so careful. Is if he does begin to understand why I feel a certain way, and he's really good at walking that fine line of I'm going to understand it, but I promise I'm not going to try to fix it. Mm. And so we've we've had to find some good balance there, but he does a good job. Even if he doesn't relate to what I'm saying, once he begins to understand it, yeah. our conversations are so much more smooth at that yeah. point. Well, that goes back to what I was saying. What I'm seeking is for me is that light bulb moment, and I get to that point of pushing where I'm like, oh, I get where you're at, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm looking for. Because it's hard for me to understand where she's at a lot of times because I don't have that high level of emotional connection to anything right yeah and so when i push and i get there i'm like okay cool now i understand the root cause of your frustration or your happiness or your sadness or your anger i get it 
okay, cool. Now I can find a way to be relational with you and mm-hmm. the questions I ask and do this because before, and that's and to your point you talked about earlier about being robotic. There is a difficulty of, hey, I'm sad because X, and it's like, why would you be sad? Because all right, so I sort of have to probe because right, yeah. it's like, okay, you know, I understand that, you know this happened your friend canceling a lunch would be sad for you but let's talk about this because i don't understand i'm not going to try to solve the problem but i don't get why that's an issue because right. me is a non-issue and most yeah. everything's a non-issue yeah if that makes sense yeah. yeah well and i don't know the enneagram well enough to know this but something that we discovered recently that was a huge frustration point for us early on and kevin alluded to it earlier just didn't call it what we've learned it is and we're learning what it is because Violet, our daughter, is just like him. He's an internal processor. And I don't know if every yes. five is an internal processor or if that's typical of a five. I'm an external processor. I want to have the whole conversation out loud. Right. And he, he that dri- that just drives him crazy. What's, do you know what your wing is? I think I wing... Six. Six, yeah. yeah. I wing six. And yeah. But I'm also I, I the I move towards the eight. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I obviously there's there's a lot of different fives and, and you know if you're listening to this and you're a five, um, like this probably isn't true for every five. No. But my wife is an internal processor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a super. Like I said earlier, I'll think about something for four or five months and I'll be like, hey, we need to do this. Yes. Perfect example. We just bought a treadmill six months ago, and. Spending large sums of money at one time is something that is very difficult for Kevin. Mm, So I have learned that when he came to me and said, I would really like to buy a treadmill, he had been mulling it over and figuring out how it was going to work for us financially for months before he even said a word. The minute I would have the thought, hey, I think maybe we should buy a treadmill, I would come to him, no plan, no financials, Mm. nothing. I would have no plan. It would just be... Yes, just a diatribe of like why I think this could be cool, and it would all be out loud. It would just be this word dump. And for him, he's like, I just don't need to know all of that right now. Okay. And so, oddly enough, I learned this about him. And not too long ago, I tried, and I feel like I did a pretty good job. I came to him with the proposal of we're going to surprise our kids with annual passes to Disney this year Mm. and instead of processing through it with him externally I processed through it on my own a little bit with other people I knew I passes I asked my questions I did my research with Mm. other people but not in the same way I would do it with him and I came to him with the plan I said here's where the money is coming from here's why I think it's important here are the dates that I think we could go so that because we're paying this amount of money, it's going to make sense for us over the long haul. And he was all in right away. Mm, because I can't. It was. It was. And so that's the, but I think that is the beauty of really understanding and wanting to know when you're married to someone wanting to understand them. Because it was very important for me. I had been thinking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I came to him too soon it would cause an unnecessary argument for yeah, us right. and so I needed to have all the ducks in a row mm-hmm. before I came to him and it it's probably the first time in our entire relationship that I've come to him for a big purchase like that in that way and it was it, it was right. good it was really good right. I had a friend of mine tell me that fives like to collect things mm-hmm. uh, he said that uh, most fives have a collection uh, Kevin, what do you collect? Missy's dying right now. This is gonna be a great answer. <laughs> it, you know, I would, I would offer it on the surface. It changes depending on no. She says it doesn't change. I want to know what this answer is. You would never consider this a collection ever. But he collects them, and they right. never leave our house. But the guy has hundreds of T-shirts. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> <So> many t-shirts. This is a point of contest in our marriage. It is. Uh, this is like opening up something here. It, 
it's just why I was laughing because we joke about this because I will say to him regularly like your our drawers aren't cozy and like you, you don't even wear I have an unhealthy 70. Like, and I wear like I have I probably have a hundred she's not kidding and uh-huh. I wear like six of them six of them <laughs> the shirts you buy or the shirts that you just have collected over time somehow some of them are from before we met yeah some of them are from before we met and I'll, I laugh because I will sort of probe over time, like, hey, your drawers aren't closing, or I'm washing the same six shirts, and I still can't put them in anywhere, whatever. And then one day, he will just look at me and say, Purging shirts today. And all of a sudden, there will be a laundry basket of 20 shirts, and they go out the door. But somehow, the drawers just still never close. I don't <laughs> Another know. 20 come back in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more from a, and, I, and she's right. I do. I, I'm sorry. It just made me laugh. For some reason. And I believe I'm going to wear more of them than I actually do. But I do, I have a, um, and it, I think it goes back to understanding what the five is. I get into, I get into things. And when I get into something, I get really into it. And I want to really, whether it was jujitsu or whether it's mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing and then I start to collect whatever is going into that and then I get to this point where I feel like okay I've understood this I've mastered it to the degree I want to understand it and that stuff goes over here mm-hmm. and then it's okay now I'm going to get into wood turning I'm going to buy a lathe I'm going to buy a mm-hmm. wood turning kit right which is the next purchase I'm studying right now like in a couple of months I'm going to come to Ringo <laughs> I'm buying a lathe and a wood turning kit and then I'm going to buy all this stuff and then I'm going to get to a point where I feel as though I've gotten there and then that'll go to the side and I'll move to the next thing <laughs> and awesome. that is he does that just want to master all the so, things that's so special I love it you guys I wish like I wish we could sit here all night. Um, you guys have been awesome. This has been fun. It has Thank been you. fun. Hopefully, Thank yeah, you, it's sir. Been awesome. <laughs> I no, I appreciate you thinking of us for this because I do feel like I'm very fortunate to be in a marriage that I would consider to be really, yeah. like super healthy and really happy. Yeah. You know, and I I want that for other people. I do. I want people to experience marriage the way that we do. Yeah.